1: This is AutoLine Daily for Friday the 13th. And thank goodness you're watching because AutoLine Daily has been clinically proven to be a lucky charm. You know, all week long we've been reporting on the Detroit Auto Show, but another show has been going on this week as well, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Automakers are using the venue to show off their latest computerized goodies, like Audi's new gesture-controlled heads-up display. Three different images are projected on the windshield. One in front of the driver, one in front of the passenger, and one in between. And you control them simply by gesturing with your hand. This is useful because the passenger can find directions, for example, and then pass them over to the driver so he or she can see how to get to the destination. Pretty cool. Mercedes has a very similar system called Dynamic and Intuitive Control Experience, or DICE for short. But don't look for either technology to launch anytime soon. They're still years away. Even so, sit up and pay attention, people. I rate this next one as one of the most significant technological developments in the history of the automobile. Audi also unveiled a new technology called Traffic Jam Assist at CES. It autonomously drives a car at speeds up to 60 kilometers an hour, which is about 37 miles an hour. Once you set the cruise control, the car accelerates, brakes, and steers on its own. Traffic jam assistant can be used on expressways or in cities, provided that the road is not too complex. The system uses adaptive cruise control with radar sensors, a wide-angle video camera, and eight ultrasonic sensors. It can maneuver around other vehicles, pedestrians, and guardrails. Mercedes-Benz is working on a similar system, which makes me believe the technology is really coming from a supplier company, most likely Continental. No word yet when it will be in production, but the autonomous car just took one giant step towards becoming a reality. Speaking of those German automakers, they're really increasing their North American footprint. BMW is going to invest 900 million dollars at its plant in Spartanburg, South Carolina to boost production and to make room for a new model, the X4. Daimler announced it will add a second shift at its Freightliner plant in North Carolina for heavy-duty trucks, and Ward's Auto reports that Audi is set to open a plant in Mexico. These announcements signal that North America is becoming even more of a powerhouse and export base for the automotive industry. Even though governments around the world are trying to force the auto industry to sell more electric cars, consumers are not cooperating. In fact, electric cars and fuel cell vehicles are selling so poorly in China that the government is going to drop the sales tax on those cars in an effort to boost sales. And since the newfangled technology isn't selling, automakers are dredging up technology that worked in the past. The 2013 Mercedes-Benz E-Class Hybrid comes with a feature that allows drivers to sail. No, it doesn't have a mast and acres of canvas. Instead, an electronically controlled clutch can disconnect the engine from the drive shaft, also known as freewheeling. On downhill grades or level ground, this allows the big Benz to cruise along on battery power alone. When the juice runs out, the engine kicks in again. The idea is similar to an overrunning clutch, a feature on the old Saab Sonnet sports car, and even on Plymouth's from way back in the 1930s. Hey, coming up after the break, here's a fascinating story that's not well known about how African American men essentially saved Cadillac in the depths of the Great Depression.
0: Clean diesel models in North America will double by 2014. Why? Higher take rates, lower cost of ownership, longer range and better fuel mileage, lower CO2 emissions. Clean diesel. Good. Economical. Functional. Bosch. Invented for
1: life. Up through the 1930s, Cadillac refused to sell its cars to black men. It was kind of an unwritten rule during a time when blatant discrimination was the norm. But an executive at General Motors, Nicholas Drystadt, changed all that. And that's the topic on AutoLine this week. Check out this clip with historian John Steele Gordon as he recounts a part of automotive history that is not very well known.
0: Cadillacs were one of the few ways that affluent blacks in the 20s and 30s, deep in the Jim Crow era, um, could ex- ex- express their prestige. Um, and so... It was, the head of the service department for Cadillac was a German named Nicholas Dreestadt, um, who'd come to this country about 1910 as a young man. Um, he noticed that there were an awful lot of black um, Cadillac owners getting their cars serviced, even though they couldn't buy them in the front of the of the dealership. And in 1932, when Cadillac sales had declined by about 90 percent, and General Motors was Um, basically deciding whether to kill the brand or suspend it until better times. And he he was just, you know, the the head of the service department for Cadillac. And he went, the board of directors was having a meeting. And he went and literally knocked on the door and said, I want to be heard for 10 minutes. And, you know, this is like a Monsignor knocking on the door of the Sistine Chapel while the Cardinals are electing a Pope. (laughs) Um, But anyway, you know, he he, he was very confident, I guess and he explained about you know what he had seen and he says you know if these people are buying their cars by using white front men they're paying some guy 500 bucks to go in there and buy me a cadillac and then sign over so the as title. a black
1: guy they'd hire a white guy to go buy a cadillac right. because otherwise the dealer would but not. otherwise
0: the dealer him. wouldn't talk to him and so the the board of directors said you know okay let's try that and, and draystad also said why are we manufacturing Cadillacs like it was 1900 you know assembling you know piece by piece I mean why don't we put them on an assembly line and see how, if we can produce the same quality car at a much lower cost and so that's what happened and Cadillac sales went up 80 percent in the first year um, and costs came piling down and so by 1937 when they were still deep in the depression Cadillac was General Motors most profitable line and so, you know, because Nicholas Draystack had noticed that a lot of pe- black people were driving Cadillacs, he said, if we go after that market, we can save the brand, which he did.
1: Also joining me on that show are Bill Gaskins, a photographic artist who's working on a book called The Cadillac Chronicles, a collection of photographs of African-American men with their Cadillacs, and Johnny Bassett, a Detroit-area musician who's written a song called Cadillac Blues, and who has exclusively owned Cadillacs for 60 years? It is an amazing part of history. And that wraps up the end of a big week, but the AutoLine Network still has one good webcast left in it. Craig Cole is over at Roab HQ. On this week's edition of Roundabout, we'll be discussing more than 25 new vehicle premieres from the Detroit Auto Show. On hand to give us his insight is analyst Dave Sullivan from Auto Pacific. And you know where to find all this and a whole lot more, Autoline.tv. And that'll wrap up Autoline Daily for this week. As always, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you back here again on Monday.